You are listening to the Phenom NBA Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network. Powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Phenom NBA Show. I'm Sammy, and I'm joined by Kevin and Mike. Um, so we're going to start off just talking about some of the rookies this NBA season. And um, so, yeah, Kevin, you want to start? Um, yeah, sure. There's um, been a lot of impressive rookies this season, ranging from Pritchard to Ball to Edwards. Um, one of the most impressive ones was Tyrese Halliburton. He's, right now he's averaging 12.1 points per game, 5.5 assists, 2.6 rebounds, and 1.4 steals. Not to mention, he's also about 50% from three. When, the, when he's in the lineup, when he was in the lineup for um, De'Aaron Fox with, for the Kings, he, the Kings went four and four, and without him in the lineup, they're one and two. So Halliburton has been one of the more, more impressive rookies this season. Uh, I have to agree. Uh, before the draft, um, I had him ranked very low um, at around 37, I believe. Uh, I thought he was going to be a bust, uh, and clearly that prediction has not aged very well. Um, the prospect I want to talk about is actually, I think, a prediction of mine that has aged very well. Uh, I had Tyrese Maxey as one of the top 10 players in the draft, um, and I think he, he's doing well so far. I mean, uh, he's averaging 11 points per game, but um, in the game where Philadelphia only had seven players, uh, I think he did pretty well, and he carried the team on his back. I believe he had over uh, 30 points in that game. As, uh, yeah. He had 39 points, as well as seven rebounds and six assists, two steals, and two blocks. I think that's a pretty impressive game for a rookie. Obviously, they did lose the game, as you're not going to win a lot of NBA games with seven players. But I think it was closer than expected, especially especially considering they were playing um, a top uh, Western team in the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I agree. So for Tyrese Maxey, the game that he scored 39 against the Nuggets, he played 44 minutes. So he's clearly stepping up um, for the shorthanded um, Philadelphia 76ers um, in the midst of their problems with the coronavirus. So I think that he is becoming, you know, one of the more reliable players on the team. And I think that he's going to 
continue to develop and become a little more versatile. But I think right now he's playing really well. But the player that I wanted to talk about is Peyton Pritchard um, on the Celtics. So Peyton Pritchard came out of Oregon, um, and he's playing really well. I mean, I'm sure you've seen him on your Instagram feed or um, just in the news, but he's playing really good basketball for the Celtics. Um, he's only averaging eight points a game, but every once in a while, you know, he'll have a really big game. Um, for example, um, the other day against the Raptors, he had 23 points, um, which is really good, and eight assists. So I think that he definitely has a couple things to work on, but I think the way he started out, um, he's looking really good. And I think that he'll continue to develop um, throughout the season and he could turn into a really reliable player for the Celtics. Um, I agree. I think the Celtics have done a very good job in developing players recently. And uh, Peyton Pritchard might just be like the next guy who they get, who maybe like, obviously, I don't, I doubt he'll be like a superstar, but he's a guy who can play like decent minutes. Uh, maybe be the backup point guard uh, or even the starter because, I mean, once Kemba Walker leaves, I mean, obviously that's a few years from now, but I think he can be the backup point guard next year. I don't know how long Jeff Teague is under contract for. Um, so, yeah, I do agree that uh, he's, he's been doing well so far this season. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be so incredible, but like I said, he'll be a reliable player for the Celtics. Um, that they will be able to look for points or assists or just to get the ball moving. Um, so another rookie that I would like to talk about is Anthony Edwards. So Anthony Edwards, number one pick out of Georgia, he's averaging 15 points a game, two rebounds, two assists. So people came into the season with Anthony Edwards. A lot of people saying he was going to be, you know, rookie of the year. He's going to be, he's going to change the, the Timberwolves culture. He has not been everything that the Timberwolves have looked for. He did put up 26 points off the bench against the Trailblazers. Um, but still, you know, he is continuing those things that people had concerns with. He doesn't um, get open too much. He doesn't really move off the ball, which is a problem. And he is a shooting guard, but he's big. He's a big guy, and he's only averaging two rebounds a game, which I think that he really needs to work on. Um, so, like I said, he's not really producing as the Timberwolves thought he would, being this huge playmaker, but I think that if he works on it throughout the season, I think that he could probably do much better. All right, so moving on, we are going to give our predictions um, for um, the NBA awards at the end of the season. And yes, this is really early, being only um, four weeks into this NBA season, but we're gonna 
do it anyway. So my pick for MVP this early in the season is Luka Doncic. Um, he came into the season looking heavier than he was last season, but he is still producing. He is putting up 26 points per game, nine rebounds, and eight assists. And currently, the Mavericks are five and four and seventh in the West, which isn't great. But Luca is their guy. You know, he's their franchise player. And right now, he's putting up some really great numbers. Um, he's putting up franchise player numbers. And we knew this last season how great of a player he was. Um, then and he worked on some of his faults um, in the off season, and he's really just making great plays for the Mavericks and he's he really makes everybody around him better so I think that um, if the Mavericks finish you know top five or top four in the West I think that he's going to win MVP um I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, in for my opinion for MVP, I think it'll be another uh, European, and that is Nuggets center Nikola Jokic. Uh, he's having an excellent year. He's averaging a triple double, um, which I believe only two players have done, and that are and those players are Russell Westbrook, who when he did that when he did it won MVP, and Oscar Robertson, um, who was also an MVP. Um, and that's not all. He's also averaging over 40% from three and over 50% from the field. Um, he already has two win shares, uh, which is a lot for like 10 games. That would be on track for over 15, which is a lot of games. Obviously, the Nuggets uh, aren't doing great um, as they're 500 right now. But again, it's early. I think the team will improve. I think they have a really good shot of making the playoffs. And um, I think Jokic is going to lead him there, especially because on the court, um, I saw uh, a graphic on the court. They're like the team they are now. But when he's off the court, they have like one of the worst plus minuses in the league. Obviously, there's correlation there. Um, the most valuable player is usually given to the best player in the NBA, and uh, which Jokic might be. But one hundred definitely, Jokic is uh, the most valuable player in the NBA. I'm gonna agree with Mike there. Nick uh, Nikola Jokic was actually also my pick for MVP. The fact that he's averaging a triple double is incredible at this early in the season, and. Although the Nuggets aren't, you know, they're 500, like you stated, the West is pretty tough. They're only two and a half games back from the one seed. So, yeah, they've been a little bit disappointing to start the season, but I think they'll pick it up. And if he keeps it up, there's, I think he's going to win MVP. But to what Sam, what, what you said, Sam, Luka Doncic is also going to, is making a strong case for himself. The Mavs are, what you said, fifth in the West right now? Uh, seventh in the West. Seventh in the West, sorry. Um, well, I think Chris Stapps is also coming back tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be a huge addition for them. And if they could grab one of those top four seeds in the West, I could see Luka also winning MVP. But I'm going to go as I'm going to go with Jokic as the favorite right now. All right, I think that's a pretty fair argument. 
Um, so moving on, we're going to go to Rookie of the Year. So my pick for Rookie of the Year is LaMelo Ball. And during the draft, people were going back and forth with Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball for Rookie of the Year. But like we said before, there have been a bunch of um, rookies that have made a strong case for themselves. But regardless, I think LaMelo Ball is incredibly talented. And he is – him playing with Gordon Hayward on the Hornets is a really great situation for both of them um, because Gordon Hayward, he can get LaMelo Ball opportunities. And that's really, really important for a rookie. And he can really show what he can do. You know, So right now he's averaging – 12 points per game, um, seven rebounds, and six assists. So we've seen LaMelo Ball play since he was in high school. Um, we've kind of watched him throughout his career, and everybody knew that he was just this amazing player. But I think him playing in the NBA, um, like, really shows that, you know, he's not just some kid who had a very strong, opinionated dad. Um, and – He's not just going to be like Lonzo, who was the second pick in the draft and then, you know, kind of moves to different teams. And he's known in the NBA, but, you know, he never really, like, stood out. LaMelo Ball is standing out. He is a really great playmaker. He can make the rest of his team better um, using his playmaking skills. So right now the Hornets are six in the East – um, and they're six and five. So, like I said, he can really make everybody else around him better. Um, and he can also use Gordon Hayward's playmaking abilities to his advantage um, with his shooting. We've seen him been – he's been pretty good from three. Um, but I do believe he's still coming off the bench. I think if he – isn't coming off the bench right now, and I'm mistaken. He will be at some point. Um, so, yeah, I think that LaMelo Ball has made a really strong case for himself this early in the season. And if he keeps these numbers up, I think that he'll be a clear um, winner for Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm going to agree with you. LaMelo Ball is also my pick uh, for Rookie of the Year. Um He's second in all rookies in um, uh, player efficiency rating, uh, only behind Tyrese Halliburton. And even then, he's less than uh, 0.2 points away. So it's really – I feel like it's really a neck-and-neck neck race between those two. Uh, and what I think the race could come down to is the team. Um, because I think the Hornets are going to be better than they were last season – where they were uh, one of the worst teams in the league, I think a lot of the credit will be going to LaMelo Ball, and therefore he will win. Well, I think the Kings uh, were better. They did make it uh, to the NBA bubble, uh, I believe, albeit not very far. Um, so I don't expect to see a lot of improvement from them. Maybe they get a little better. So I think that kind of – that. While that's not Halliburton's fault entirely, I think that's more of a fault within the organization. I think a little bit of blame will be put on him for not being able to bring his team further. Well, uh, the Hornets will improve enough that uh, LaMelo Ball 
will be Rookie of the Year. And yeah, I'm going to have to agree with both of you. The Mellow Ball is, the, is my pick for Rookie of the Year this early in the season. As you both, as Sammy described him, he's a great playmaker. He's been playing really well. He just had a triple-double. I think it was versus the Bulls, if I'm not mistaken. And the Hornets are playing well with him. Like Mike said, he was, he's also second among all rookies in player efficiency rating. And to your point, Mike, the team, the team that you're on does play a role in whether you get the award or not. So there's obviously other rookies that deserve consideration, like Halliburton and Pritchard and Wiseman, but they, weren't, they aren't the main um, – not, I'm not going to say main reasons for success on their team, but, you know, there's other players outshining them at this current moment. You get what I'm saying? So – there's always going to be that part where, where the team you're on plays a role, whether you get the award or not, and that's just how it's going to be. But, for, but as of right now, the medal ball is the pick for the Rookie of the Year. So, like you said, um, your team can affect how you play. So moving on, we're going to move to most improved. Um, my pick for most improved player this season is Christian Wood. Um, who is a center for the Houston Rockets. Last year, he was averaging 13 points, um, six rebounds. This year, he's averaging 23 points and nine rebounds. So that's a clear um, jump um, from last year. And last year was regarded as his best season yet. So clearly, um, he's 25 years old. He's clearly getting better. He signed a three-year deal with the Rockets um, in the offseason for $41 million, um, and he was on the Pistons. So I think that he was probably the steal of the offseason. He's really, really good. Um, he knows how to use his body, grab rebounds, and he just played against – the Rockets just played against the Lakers, and LeBron – was like, you know, look out for this kid. So he's making himself known in the NBA. And I think that if he keeps these numbers up, he's going to win most improved. And I think that he's probably going to get better um, throughout the season, maybe put up some more assists, some more rebounds. Um, but I think that him having a good, like, reliable team is – a great situation for him and he's going to win most improved player. Um, my, uh, my pick for most improved player is another uh, big man uh, in Toronto Raptors power forward, uh, Chris Boucher. Um, what I'm seeing from Chris Boucher is I think also a lot of uh, what happened to Christian Wood last year. Um, Obviously, uh, Boucher has gotten a lot more minutes um, due to Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol leaving, but I think he's like doing well with these minutes. He's averaging eight more points per game. Uh, he's also averaging three blocks uh, and six rebounds per game, um, along with a 47% three-point percentage and a 58% field goal percentage. Um, so I think he is markedly improving. And he's not sacrificing efficiency for numbers. Uh, obviously, the minutes may reflect a little bit of, like, of course, if he's getting more minutes, he's getting more statistics. 
But I think if you look at the efficiency numbers, um, I think Boucher is doing pretty well, and he is my pick for uh, most improved player. I'm, I'm going to agree with Sammy here for Christian Wood as my early pick for most improved player of the year. Christian Wood has just been playing outstanding this season. And, and maybe it's because he's on the Rockets and, you know, him and James Harden have been working well, but he's been playing amazing. I'm going to use the comparison that some people have used. Right now, he's out averaging Anthony Davis in points per game. He's averaging more points per game than Anthony Davis and also averaging more rebounds per game than Anthony Davis. This is not to say Wood is better than Anthony Davis because we know that's not true, but it's just to show how well Wood has been playing. He's increased his points per game by 10 and also his rebounds per game by two and has been playing, like I said, outstanding so far this season. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, we are going to go to six man of the year. So Mike, do you want to start us off with six man? No. Okay. I'll start. <laughs> Um, so my pick for sixth man of the year, um, is Montrez Harrell again. I think that, you know, they won, well, the Lakers won the NBA championship last year, obviously. And then they got Harrell from the Clippers. Um, and he won sixth man last year. And I think that, you know, with, Anthony Davis and LeBron, like, they just both make the team better. Like, it's hard to be on a championship team and not, you know, want to make yourself better. And obviously playing with LeBron, who's the second greatest player of all time. But, yeah, I think that Harrell is pretty much a shoe-in and that if he keeps up his numbers um, from this season, then – he will definitely be six man. Um, I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think it's going to be uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, small forward shooting guard, uh, Karis LeVert. Um, among players coming off the bench, he is averaging 18 points per game, which is uh, the highest. And he's also uh, he also has six assists which is t uh, per game, which is tied for the highest with LaMelo Ball, except Karis LeVert is not the team's primary ball handler. Um, so he's doing pretty well, as well as he's playing with uh, two uh, proven superstars, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And obviously, if they wanted, they could have keep the ball because they know uh, uh, that they're good scores. But if Levert's doing this well, it means that they trust him enough to get him the ball. Um, he's also averaging uh, over a steal per game, which I think is pretty solid. Um, from the field, he's average, his numbers aren't great as he's uh, averaging 42% from the field, so that's not great, as well as 34% from three. But overall, I think you look at how he's leading the uh, uh, NBA, he's leading bench players in points per game by over two points and assists, tied for, but still. Um, and he's uh, top five in efficiency among players coming off the bench. And I think that this is uh, – Karis LeVert is the person who would have my vote. 
I'm going to go ahead and disagree with both of you on that one. Um, not to say bo um, both of those players, you know, are not def are not up there because they definitely are. But maybe a personal a little bit of personal bias comes into play here. But I'm going to go with Miami Heat point guard Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic for years since the Heat traded for him, like 2014, I think it won. I think it was. He's been one of, one of our most consistent players on this roster. Each night out and night in, you can count on him to give you his all. Right now, he's averaging 14.8 points per game and five, and five assists. From the field, he's shooting 50% and is also shooting 37% from three so far this season. On days like Jimmy Butler hasn't been playing well recently other than the previous two games. You know, he has been injured, but some of the games he hasn't done well. Bam has been looking more passive-aggressive. And one player that's been stepping up coming off the bench is Goran Dragic. He hit seven threes last night, and... He's just been consistent all season. So he's my pick for sixth man of the year right now. I think that's a really interesting take. I never really um, thought of him for sixth man of the year, but you made a good point. Um, so moving on, we're going to go to defensive player of the year. My defensive player of the year is Anthony Davis. So last year, um, it was pretty much a battle for defensive player of the year between Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis won, um, not to the anger of Lakers fans and some NBA fans. They definitely felt like Anthony Davis um, should have won. But we know Anthony Davis um, was a key piece in the Lakers championship run last year. Like, if it wasn't for... His defense, I think that there's a pretty good chance that they would not have beat um, the Heat in the finals or even maybe gotten that far. Um, so I think that we've seen how good Anthony Davis is, and I don't think that Giannis is going to um, be a contender for Defensive Player of the Year this year. And I think that now that we know how much um, Anthony Davis – can do and how important he is to um, the Lakers on the court. I think that it's pretty clear um, his impact on the team and that will show his case for defensive player of the year. Um, I'm going to disagree. I think uh, the clear defensive player of the year is uh, Indiana Pacer Miles Turner, who is averaging a whopping Four blocks per game, which, if he continued this, would be top 20 in NBA history. Um, and several of the, uh, the players ahead of him did win defensive player of the year, such as Hakeem Olajuwon and uh, Dikembe Mutombo. He's also averaging 1.5 steals per game, as well as six rebounds per game, which I think is should be a factor in defense. Um, but, I mean... If you look at like just the number four blocks per game, it should it sh should be that like his career high before that is two, which I think is generally the high for most like good defensive um, big men, and he's averaging double that. I think is very impressive. Um, I also believe he had a seven a seven block game or a nine-block game against Sacramento. Um, 
it was oh sorry eight an eight block game I believe against Sacramento he also had four steals in a game and I think this just shows how much he's doing on the defensive end um, especially for Indiana um, who is a good defensive team and he is the leader of uh, the de- the defense for the Pacers so I think he is the defensive I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Mike here with um, Miles Turner for defensive player of the year. Obviously, you know, you know, maybe um maybe he, I don't we don't know if he's gonna keep this up. So maybe Anthony Davis becomes you know the winner of the award. But right now at this moment, it's Miles Turner for me. The fact that you're having games from him seven eight blocks a game, we don't really see that often in the NBA. And right now he's averaging four blocks per game. That is about um two and a half more than, I mean. Yeah, like two and a half more than Anthony Davis is, and, and is also averaging more steals than Anthony Davis. And like Mike, like Mike was saying, he's one of their main po- points of the defense, if not the main point, and that's why they, they're such a good defensive team to start the season. So yeah, it's Miles Turner for me. I think that is a good point, but I also think that um, you know he's only played ten, 10 games. So far, and four blocks per game is just absurd. That is a crazy number to be putting up. But I agree. I think that if he can consistently put up, you know, maybe one to two, two to three blocks per night, then I think that he'll be a real contender for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, So finally, we have Coach of the Year. So I think that this could be a pretty um, close um, award. Um, But I think that Monty Williams of the Suns is going to win Coach of the Year. I think that the Suns um, are going to be a team that other teams are scared of. I think that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are just like a lethal combination. And DeAndre Ayton is really starting to show up as a reliable player for the Suns. And I think that if he, if Monty Williams can lead the Suns into, you know, maybe the second round of the playoffs, maybe third, I think that he can be, I think that he will win coach of the year. Um, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Monty Williams is my prediction as well. Um, Phoenix is currently seven and four and tied with the Clippers for the two seed. I don't know if that's going to last, but the way Phoenix is playing, I think uh, they they have a pretty solid shot at the playoffs. Um, some of that is due to Chris Paul, yes, um, who everywhere he's gone, the team has gotten better. Um, but also, you have to accredit some of it to the coach, um, who has has met has uh, gotten Chris Paul and the uh, already existing offense led by Devin Booker and DeAndre Eaton uh, to mesh very well. Um, and I think uh, Monty Williams should win coach of the year, especially because I think a lot of the other top teams um, right now, if you look at like the top uh, eight teams in each conference, there are maybe uh, two to three um teams that weren't projected as like playoff teams before the season that are in there. And I don't think any of them will keep it up. And if they, even if they do, I think it'll be as the eight seed. 
but I do think Phoenix is going to be maybe a five or six seed uh, this year. I'm going to agree with both of you there. We all had Phoenix as playoff teams, but did we ever think about them as contenders for the title? Not really. I don't think anybody did. And right now they are sure looking like contenders for the title this year. They've been playing well. They're like Mike said, they're tied for the second seed in the West with the Clippers and credit goes to Monty Williams for bringing the, for having the team play the way they are this early in the season. I like, um, I don't, we don't know if they're going to keep it up because we're only what 11, 10 games into the season. They can, they can't. But at this point, we're talking about early favorites for the awards. And right now, the favorite should be Monty Williams from the Phoenix Suns. All right. I'm glad we're all in agreement on that one. Um, so that's all we've got for you today. Do you, you guys have anything to add? All right. So thanks for listening.